Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am. An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. With your host, Mr. Gray. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> and Billy V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. And now featuring Gimli. Really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Introducing our international rugby correspondent, Eric Nichols. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> So here we are for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast, episode 99. All right, so there we were for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast, episode 99. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> are we just going to say the same thing we said the first time? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. Top Gun from the top. All right. So a little different start to the episode because I'm a dingus and I forgot our hdmi slash usb port so we're down to one microphone and we're sitting in a line passing it back and forth tried a different microphone it sounded terrible so we're going to give this another go maybe some behind the scenes we'll, we'll release it later probably not we got some funny stuff here but you know just had thanksgiving and i wanted to know as we get started here nichols what are you thankful for i think in this whole life i live what i'm most thankful for is I am now done subjecting myself to Nebraska football for the entirety of the year. You went to the game? I did. My wife and I went to the Iowa-Nebraska game. We had a good time, smuggled some drinks in, and got to watch them rip my heart out in person for the last time of the year. That's, you know, I mean, it looked like you had fun, though. I mean, was it at least fun? Yeah, it was good. It was cold and windy, and we lost. Sellout crowd. Yeah, the 300 and no one gives a fuck consecutive sellout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it was yeah. fun. Good. Billy V, what are you thankful for? Well, as I said in our original take, and I don't care if it is cheesy, but I'm thankful for my family, both my immediate family and my rugby family. You know, they mean a lot to me. I'm thankful for at least somewhat decent health. Like, my knee works, so, like, that's a positive. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Still got a long ways to go, but I'm getting there. But yeah, I mean, good weekend. Just, yeah, awesome. I have to say that I'm thankful for my family, too. <laughs> you better, yeah, just in case Katie listens to it. Yep, yep. And then, uh, Gimli, what are you thankful for? Thanks for asking, Mr. Gray. Um, you know, I'm thankful for my family, too, and my, my rugby family. You three boys, Ryan Gray's mustache. Aww. Oh, you know. A lot of things like that. And the the wonderful time of year. It's the most wonderful time of year, some would say. All yeah. the lights and Christmas and uh, decorations. Free eggs. And, you know, yeah, I walked in with a bunch of eggs, you know. I like this time of year, Mr. Gray, because, you know, I kind of look like a jolly old St. Nick sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah, so. Yeah, do very people, happy this time of year. Do people say that? Like, you look jolly. I look kind of like Santa Claus uh, had a baby with an elf, and they don't talk about it. That's kind of, you know. Ooh, it's mm. promiscuous. Don't tell Mrs. Claus. All right. All right. Um, yeah. 
movie. What are you thankful for Ryan Gray? Yeah, oh. Ryan Gray. Let's get to you. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for my family too. My wife and kids. They're pretty cool. You're just even it though, said it. yeah, no, I know. Even though bedtime was really rough, and that's why got a little late start to this, but we're we're good. No, and I'm I'm thankful for all the rugby friends and all the rugby family and all being able to to do this for fun and yeah, it's been good. So. Let's uh let's keep it going and we got a new start to the show too. We're going to give you guys a little rundown preview so you kind of know what's coming so it's not it doesn't feel like it's just rambling. Um basically we've got an interview we want you to hear uh after that interview we're going to talk about Iowa Central Community College. They have a couple of new additions to their roster for next fall. Midwest Collegiate Women's All-Stars have announced their roster. Gimli's got a little nugget on Canadian rugby. Uh, the Toronto Arrows have some big news out of the MLR. Emphasis on out of the MLR. Uh, Super Rugby's got some cool crossover with Japan, which kind of uh, stems from last episode. The Nichols, you were talking about like what Tier 1 and Tier 1 teams are doing uh, to improve their quality of play. Uh, Flow Rugby, is it worth it? I know I crap on it all the time, but I told the boys in the group chat this past week, I might get it because there's some cool competitions that they have. Uh, sevens world rugby seven starts soon they rebranded uh, this Saturday is the first tournament we're going to talk about big names from the USA roster that aren't on there now the AGM for Iowa is this upcoming Saturday and then a few other little news and notes around the state so also real quickly here the University of Northern Iowa men's rugby team is still collecting donations for their trip down to Houston as they compete for a national title. So if you're able to, they have a GoFundMe. If you go to their Facebook page, their Instagram, their Twitter, reach out to one of the boys. They're trying to raise money to go down to Houston so we can take that pressure off of them worrying about, hey, how are we going to get down there? And they can worry about winning two more rugby matches. They're two matches away from a national title. They have a real good shot. So if you want to help out a lot of local kids, a lot of kids that played in the Iowa Youth Rugby Association, help out the UNI Panthers. Check it out. Without further ado, though, we're going to start with our interview with Aiden Farrell. He's with the Chicago Hounds Academy team. Uh, Great kid from Green Bay. Uh, Really, really fun to talk to. Uh, So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tighthead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for Tight Head Brewing Company beer. They distribute through Dahl Distributing. You can drink it in Iowa. It is found in Iowa. And oh yeah, the name Tight Head. Bruce played rugby for 13 years, mostly as a Tight Head prop. Bruce is the owner, founder, and master brewer. Enjoy Tight Head Brewing Company. All right. 
right, and now we are to the interview portion of today's show. We are joined by Aiden Farrell. Aiden, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Can't complain. Yeah, doing good. No. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks for joining us, especially you know in the holidays here. It's a little busy, and you know we've been trying to get you on for a minute, and you've been real busy lately. So appreciate you being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and so. Uh, for people that may not know, we've brought you up on the show before just because you played for Iowa Central, you're from the Midwest, you played high school rugby in Wisconsin. Can you tell people, basically, where did you get your start? Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I went to high school in De Pere, which is just outside of Green Bay. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, started playing rugby in middle school around sixth grade, I believe. Um, my brother actually started playing rugby in it's kind of funny because you know I we were both you know big football players growing up and then uh, he started playing rugby and I was like well what the heck is that and uh, <laughs> it kind of took over my life and um, yeah so I started playing in sixth grade and then uh, I moved up to high school from there and 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 beyond that so nice and so in Wisconsin because the way you guys structure rugby up there is way different than Iowa Iowa we just have that high school sevens guys are starting to try to make a. 15s in the summer uh, to get a look before they go to college. So you had rugby in middle school. I mean, upper elementary school. Was it touch rugby, flag rugby? Uh, what does the structure look like for a kid in Wisconsin? So when I started playing, um, it was just flag rugby. So I forget what grade you could, like the lowest grade you could start in. But I started in sixth grade, and then you did flag all the way up until high school. That's when you started tackle. Mm-hmm. But now um, in Green Bay, and then shout out to Green Bay Youth Rugby because what they're doing is absolutely amazing. You can start playing kindergarten when, uh, sorry, start playing rugby when you're in kindergarten. Oh, wow. So you play flag rugby. You can play flag rugby through eighth grade. But starting in middle school, they offer tackle rugby. So it, it's they cut the field down. It's not like full full length field, but I believe they they cut it in half. And uh, your touch lines are like the you know the fifty meter line to the to the try line or whatever. So they, they cut it in half. But you can start playing tackle rugby um, in middle school, and then um, in high school we offer both fifteens and sevens. Um, sevens is a little bit shorter of a season. It's kind of in the summertime like right after the 15 season um which 15s is played in the spring but yeah they they offer like a shorter um seven series in wisconsin so we play both sevens and 15s in high school which is nice that's awesome uh and when you guys did play how many how many guys on each squad was it tens or was it sevens for for like uh the full spring season we did um 15 on 15 um and then in the sevens it, it was seven on seven um i mean you you got a varying amount of people actually um going out for the you know for like sevens not as many people were just and and, uh playing as 15s but um and when we did it in middle school i believe it was seven on seven if i can remember right so nice and is that put on in green bay like by the men's club or you know i i saw like brad dufek and like the you know wisconsin rugby and everything they do who organizes all that is that by the local men's clubs is it the wisconsin rugby union or are there other youth entities that kind of set that up so there's a lot of um green bay men's players that'll help um run it you know they'll help coach it and go to practices and all that stuff but um it's actually like its own green bay's youth team is like its own team um 
it, it's very heavily influenced by the Green Bay Area guys. Nice. Um, but for the most part, it's it's pretty much their own operation. Okay. And then how about the high school football coaches? You said you played football. I know track in the spring is always competing for rugby guys too in Iowa. How were the coaches, how receptive were they to guys being crossover athletes doing multiple sports? Because a lot of times in Iowa, we run into football coaches. You bring up like, hey, let's bring rugby into your school in the spring. It'll teach open field awareness and tackling awareness, body awareness, keeps you in shape. And, and some football coaches like do not bring rugby anywhere near our school. Were the guys in Wisconsin pretty cool about it or still a mixed bag? It kind of depends on what high school you talk to. Um, mm. Unfortunately, the high school I went to at the time, it was kind of a big, uh, you know, a big no-no for football players to be playing rugby. Um, I mean, there was a handful of them that still did it, but um, the football coaches weren't really uh, too keen on their their guys going and playing rugby. Um, I've I've heard other cases where you know football coaches encourage it and they mm. they realize how good it can be and that there's a lot of aspects that can cross over. Um, I mean, it's been a little bit since I kind of heard about where that situation's mm-hmm. at, but hopefully that's improving because I think if we want to grow the game in America, like these, you know, the, the football coaches have to be receptive to the fact that rugby can actually help. And then I think in return, you're going to get a lot of good, good rugby players from it. So definitely. I mean, there's so many articles out there now. I know we try to pump them out. Every time we see one, we share it because it's like the benefits it outweighs all the negatives it's it's insane and so going back to your high school career you know you got recruited by Iowa Central ended up at Iowa Central what did that recruiting process look like for you I mean how did they hear of you did you use any recruiting services and I mean did you guys have a good season your senior year junior year Um, how'd you get on their radar and were there other schools recruiting you for college yeah so I'm pretty sure me and brent started talking to each other after i started um like my junior year playing with the badger selects um who sent the first dm you or him what's that did did brent send the first dm (laughs) uh i'm i'm not if i remember right i think i sent him a dm he might argue the other way around (laughs) i think we've talked about it but i'm pretty sure i sent him the first dm but i don't know he can fact check me on that but either way um (laughs) Yeah, we, we started uh, talking to each other, you know, weighing the options. At the time, I think I was going to go for carpentry. So that was kind of like, a, you know, Iowa Central is really like one of the only schools, mm-hmm. um, if not mm-hmm. the only school with a rugby program and a, and a tech degree. Yep. Um, so that was kind of a, a no-brainer. Then, funny enough, I actually started um, – the first coach I talked to was uh, Joe Lippert when he was still at Lindenwood Belleville. Nice. <laughs> um, I, I went to a rugby camp that he was uh, putting on in Stevens Point, which is up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I started talking to him, um, and then he ended up going to McKendree and kept talking to him at the time and weighed the options, ended up going to Iowa Central, but it seems like it worked out because Joe ended up coming over there anyway. Oh, yeah. So it was like uh, a best-case scenario for myself. But He's um, a good Wisconsin yeah, so boy I, like I you. started playing with the select side and then started talking to Brent and uh, – after a while, decided to go to Iowa Central. Nice. And, you know, when did you know, like, Iowa Central was for you? Was there a specific moment? Was it because of, like you said, the two-year? Or was there something Nelson said, something you saw? How did you know, like, hey, this is the spot I need to be? And then follow-up to that, once you got there, how did you know, like, yeah, I made the right call? I think when I realized it was the right decision, um, I was kind of back and forth. I actually almost went to UW Whitewater 
Mm-hmm. And I was kind of back and forth on, on what I wanted to do. Um, I then really thought about it. And, um, you know, at, at the time, I, I was central. It was just a clear cut on who had a better rugby program. I mean, you know, I was central was varsity program, you know, fully funded by the school and, and the whitewater isn't, isn't fully funded and no knock on them or anything. But I think when it came down to it, I just knew I was going to be playing, um, a higher level rugby in a sense that I was central. And then when I actually got there, I, I, it, it is Midwest as this sounds. I think I realized that it was going to work when I just realized that it's, it's not a big city. It's just a normal Midwest town and there's not a lot to do there. And like, literally the only thing you do is rugby. And that's like, that's what you focus on. And like, personally, that's what I love. So I think, uh, I, I knew that was a pretty good fit when I got there and realized what it was all like. So. Oh yeah. Now living in Fort Dodge. I mean, did you ever go to the bowling alley or, uh, what? Yep. What? <laughs> Been to the bowling alley a few times. There's uh taco Tico down the street. That's oh, yeah. pretty good. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever been there or not, but that's oh, yeah. a good oh, spot. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome too. Because like you said, I mean, not much to do. So focus on rugby, you know, keep watching yep. film, be in the weight room. It's not, I mean, you can get in trouble in Fort Dodge for sure, but I mean, oh, yeah. definitely not too many distractions where it's like, it pulls you away from rugby. I mean, you're there to play rugby. You're there for school. Easy to do those two things. So that's awesome. And kind of tell people, you know, what was your time at Iowa Central like? What were some of your big highlights, some of the big successes you went through? Uh, I mean, I loved Iowa Central. I, I absolutely love it. And I, I really miss it a lot, actually, when I when I talk about it with uh, my friends and all that. I, I really do miss it. Um, I think the, the best moments of Iowa Central aren't even – you know, really like playing the games or anything like that. It's just kind of getting to know the people and uh, making relationships. And a big part of it was uh, the rugby team was always doing community service. So, I mean, there was a handful of us that any, like any opportunity we could help out in the, the community and do some greater good for all that. Um, I mean, those really stick out as, as my favorite moments there, you know, hanging out with uh, the boys and, and mm-hmm. doing all that. I mean, obviously the rugby's fun and you look back and you're like, Oh, it was cool that we won this game. And, cool that we won that one or you know we went on this trip and that trip Mm -hmm. but i think i think in general it was uh definitely just doing the doing the little things around town so for sure and you know we've talked to a few iowa central guys we got a few iowa central guys that play for the wombats and you know that's a common thing that you you ask people and you see all these people from different places that come to iowa central to play and they all say the same thing is like immediately you know it's a family um you know, you're only there for a couple of years and then you move on and it's like you blink and you miss it. And it's like, Holy smokes. Like just those little moments in between the matches is where guys say they, you know, had the most fun and they miss those parts the most. I mean, was there a single trip or a single match though, that does stand out for you? That was like, you know, one of the cooler experiences. I mean, was there uh, a certain place you visited or a place you didn't think you'd ever play at or, any people you played against that you thought like, oh, this is pretty cool? I mean, it's kind of hard to pick one. I'd, I'd say the coolest game I ever played in, and there was a there was a couple of them, had to have been, it was the, the first ever Big River Rugby Conference matchup. It was us and Marion. Oh, nice. And you could just tell, like, going into it, it was there was there was this, you know, big game feeling to it, and it, it felt like a must win. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a, you know, a, a hard fought game and you know back and forth and just kind of felt like you know a really gritty game and we came out on top and it, it, you know at the time it was it was cool to be able to say like you won the big like you know the first ever big river rugby conference game mm-hmm. 
Um, I think trip wise, man, we took, we took a lot of good trips. Um, we went out to army West point one year. That was that like, that's one of those places that you wouldn't think you'd ever go to and, and rugby brought you there. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, we went down to, um, when we had the sevens tournament down in new Orleans, we went there, we didn't do too well, but, uh, it was definitely a cool experience and a fun trip. So definitely. And yeah, the big rivers conference, that's something we've kept an eye on for Iowa central where being a two year school, it's like, where's the fit, you know, where's the best fit. Do you think big rivers is the spot Iowa central needs to be? Cause I mean, those clubs they are playing against every single game. Like you said, is a must win. Um, you know, you're going to go toe to toe with one of the stiffest competitions. Um, do you think it's a good fit for those guys? I, I think it's an absolutely good fit. I mean, when we played there, it was good competition. Um, and then this, even this past year, so the Chicago lions hosted their, um, like their finals matches. So they had all the teams there and they were playing it. And it's like every single game was a good game. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's a very tight conference. Um, and from what I've heard, like every single game that year was, was really close. So I think, I think it's a good fit for Iowa central. Like, you know, knowing Brent and knowing the boys out there, they don't want to play any games that are just layover games. Mm-hmm. And it seems like all those, all those games that they're playing, in the big rivers is like a meaningful, tough game. And I, th- I think that's what they want. That's what they're getting. Yeah. I think if there's any kid listening, thinking of like, you know, do I want to go to Iowa central? The selling point is like every single match you're in, you're going to be playing against top talent. You're going to get yep. better. You're going to learn something and you're going to come away from it better win or lose. Um, and yeah. every match means something. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. And so, you know, your time wrapped up at Iowa Central. You had to move on from Fort Dodge, even though, you know, you probably wanted to buy a little piece of property there because, you know. <laughs> um, you made the decision, though, to not go to a four-year school. You moved into, you know, you put your name in the MLR draft. You played in that collegiate rugby shield or the collegiate shield. It starts at the shield, whatever uh, their little saying is there. How was that experience, you know, playing in that match against all the top talent from college? as a you know a second year player too yeah that was awesome that was like you know a really professional feeling to it um Mm -hmm. you know when we i I flew out there and you get there and like the second you get there you're taken care of like you got there you know they're taking headshots they're you know writing down all the information they're giving you all your gear and here they're like here's the schedule here's dinner and everything's laid out and you know where you got to be at a certain time what you're doing and i mean just the level of talent there is was was through the roof i mean a lot of those boys got drafted and even a lot of them that didn't are just top level athletes i mean they they were there for a reason um and i mean just being out in utah like enjoying the scenery and seeing the mountains i mean you couldn't beat that um unfortunately i i messed up my mcl when i was out there so i was kind of battling that um after like the second day of training i didn't know if i was going to play in the game or not decided to give it a go and i think i played for a little bit over over a half so that was good but definitely uh wasn't playing my full potential which was kind of um you know bummy in the moment but looking back on it i'm glad i was able to do it nonetheless but yeah absolutely awesome experience if any college guys are thinking about doing it i would say absolutely do it so, yeah and i mean you got onto a social media clip too you had a couple of good plays in there i had a couple uh social media clips that didn't go my way um Ooh. i had a i had a couple couple good plays but i mean they were bl- I dropped the opening kickoff, and they blasted that on social media. Oh. Me and uh, me and Chuck had a real good laugh about that because I just couldn't catch a break. It seemed like I think. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't remember that. I'm gonna say it was probably because of the MCL. 
You you were thinking about that on the yeah, opening oh, kick? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that you know, I was thinking about my knee. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can catch this ball. That's <laughs> That's good reason. Business no. decision right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, you had to loosen it up for sure. And Aiden, I don't. I think we kind of jumped over this. Maybe I missed it. Um, what positions primarily you're playing fly half now and that's is that what you played mostly at ICI or at ICC or what yeah I, m- mostly at Iowa Central I was playing fly half okay. um, for a while I bounced around between 9 and 10 just depending on what personnel we had in um, I played a couple game. I played one game at fullback uh, one game at 12 um, but I mean it's hard to say what my primary position is right now I'm kind of getting thrown around um, all over the place. I played a f- uh, handful of wing, uh, 13, 15, um, 10. Right. So, I mean, kind of, kind of all over the place. If I had, if I had to say a preferred position, it'd probably be fly half just because that's what I'm most comfortable in. And, um, I, I'd like to kind of pursue that in the future, but yeah, right now it's kind of hard to say, honestly. <laughs> you like to be the quarterback of the back line. Yeah. You like to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, def- I definitely, definitely like uh being in control a little bit and controlling the flow of the game so that's, nice. a, that's a good thing to want man and you know being a utility back is good too because just gives you more opportunities to keep playing at a higher level you know yeah absolutely in where you can for sure right right yeah and so after the draft comes and goes uh you move into uh senior side playing so you are now with the chicago lions correct yes correct so how did you get in contact with those guys? And then how was your first fall season with them? So lucky enough, um, one of the guys that are, that used to play on the team, he's, um, not really playing on it anymore, but helps out from time to time. He's originally from green Bay. Um, so I got in contact with him and then he got me in contact with Matt Wagner. Um, who's like the director of rugby down there. And, uh, we got it all sorted out and, um, they have a clubhouse down there that I stay in. And, uh, I lived there, which is like right next to the field, which is super nice. So, um, got in contact with him and I moved down there at the start of summer. I was playing sevens. Nice. Uh, and then I had that MCL problem. So I, I kind of got cut short and focused on the 15 season and, and got good enough where I could start playing for that. And, uh, season was good. I mean, definitely an adjustment from D one college rugby to D one men's. I think the skill level is just about the same, but it's a lot more physical. Like the, the boys are a lot bigger and, um, and all that so it's it's definitely a, a big physical difference um but definitely as 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 skilled so yeah is that the first thing you notice especially as like a wing you're looking at the guy across from you and it's like is that a flank and it's like no no no, that's that's a men's wing like was <laughs> yeah like some of those guys are a little bit beefier yeah there's definitely boys that you're like man like there's there's not guys in college that are as big as you like uh i played against kansas city i was i was playing wing and i was lined up against some uh some bigger Polynesian wing and I was like man like this is gonna hurt if I run into him but gotta do it (laughs) I know when we went to the MLR match it was uh Chicago hosted um NOLA and we were like right on the sideline and looking at the wings it was like man if I ever played against a guy that was that size he was probably in the tight five and like he's one of the fastest guys on the field it's just wild to see like the level of athlete like just the speed and power that is at the next level and so another thing the chicago lions they posted something on social media i don't remember when it was but basically talking about how you know they're in the backyard of the chicago hounds um helping players to get to the hounds or the chicago hounds have this academy team 
uh, Badger Kings, they posted some pictures. You've been playing with the Chicago Hounds Academy team. What's that been like? It's been good. Um, I mean, if, if, you know, you take the level from D1 college rugby to D1 men's, and then you bump that up and, uh, you know, the next level would be D1 or uh, would be the Chicago Hounds Academy or an MLR Academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the skill is just the best I've ever seen and best I've ever been a part of, you know, practices are, are, are fast paced and, you know, everything's fast paced and more intense and, and all that. But I mean, for a guy like myself, that's really what you're looking for. And it's, it's, it's what you want, but, uh, no, it's been a good experience and it's, it's, there's a lot of competition. So, um, I think, I think, like I said, that that's what you want, but definitely, uh, definitely a cool experience. Yeah. And how did you get involved with that? Did you go to the hounds, like scouting combine they had was that just something through playing through the d1 team uh guys kind of figured out who you were and you were asked to join what did that conversation look like or who approached you or did you approach them yeah so i originally went to the combine that they had back in the winter time Mm -hmm. um but i didn't hear anything from that but i um i started playing with lions and the head coach of the academy used to be the head coach of the lions there was that direct connection there and um he had came out and watched some matches and um he told a few of us that he liked how we played and that he wanted us on the academy um so that's kind of how i got um like invited to that was just through playing with the lions and and uh just playing well nice and would you say that's like a main goal for you or the next step in your career hoping to work to put yourself in a position to be on an mlr roster is that the next step i think so i think um personally just trying to see how high I make it, you know, just, mm-hmm. just trying my best. And, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's, you're going to try your best and, you know, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it's, you know, it's disappointing, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, at least you tried yeah. at least to give you your best. And that, that's my big thing right now is, you know, going on Chicago, it's a, it's a bit of a sacrifice. You know, all my family's back in green Bay and, and all my buddies are out in Iowa or, you know, green Bay or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like, one of those things that's like you sacrifice being away from home for a bit you know to play some good rugby and it's like you got to see how high you're gonna make it like i said if you do you do and if you don't you're gonna be disappointed but at least you knew how far you made it so yeah and you're putting yourself it sounds like in the best position to be successful and also being open to playing multiple positions getting field time wherever you can and then just putting yourself in a high performance environment sounds like every place you've been you've put yourself in a spot to compete at the highest level for where you're at, which is awesome. And I also think too, you know, you should take it personally. I feel like a lot of people say Americans are really bad at playing nine and 10 and they're always looking for, um, for, yeah, foreign talent to play those pivot positions. And so love to see you sticking it out at 10 and like, no, we can develop nine and tens in America. I mean, do you ever hear that noise, especially the higher up you move? Like, whoa, an American playing 10? Like, well, do you ever take that personally or do you ever hear that? Or <laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard that before. You know, I, I've heard the the whole thing with, you know, teams one to four and nine and 10. And, and I can understand why just, you know, they've got more experience at it. And, you know, the game might move a little bit slower to them. But um, I've definitely been on the tail end where it's, you know, as an American nine or 10, and hearing that, you, you kind of get a little fire under your belly and mm-hmm. be like, well, you know, why can't we do it? Why can't we develop? And um, I think that's great and all, but I also think there's a lot that you can take away from bringing in like a, like a four and 10. Um, so, you know, if, if I were to, you know, work with them and be like, Hey, like, why do you do this instead of this? Uh, you know, what do you, what are you thinking when you see this picture and mm-hmm. um, kind of learning from them and just getting better? I think, you know, that is a good way to develop. And 
and, and all that. But I think there is some stigma to, uh, you know, American players not being as good when there is some really good American talent out there. So, yeah, so that makes sense, Aiden. And yeah, you got to absorb like a sponge anything you can from anybody, anybody ahead of you. Uh, I had a question. Yeah. This is Gimli. I had a question about the academy. So, will the inaugural season be happening this spring then? Will you guys actually start competing in matches? So, we're actually competing in matches right now. Oh, okay. um, they, they went down Houston. to Houston. Oh, nice. Yep, they went down to Houston two Seattle weeks ago. Um, I didn't get rostered for that. I didn't I didn't make the cut. Um, but they went down there and they played Houston's uh, academy team and they took home the win, um, which is real nice. So Yeah, it's very nice. We're playing we're having like a like a three game season um, this fall, so like we just you know, they just played Houston and then we're gonna be playing San Diego in a few weeks out in San Diego and then uh, we're gonna be playing Toronto in Michigan like uh, a week after that. So oh. it's just a little a little three game season and then okay. uh, they're looking to, to sign some boys off of that. Will so. that be this month? You play San Diego and Toronto. Yep. So San Diego, I believe, is like December tenth or something like that. And then uh, Toronto is like a Friday game. I think they have it listed as it's like December fifteenth. So Crazy. that's all in this yeah. next uh, this next upcoming month. It's a big change in uh, it's a big change in weather there. But uh... oh yeah, I would I would really like to be able to enjoy the San Diego weather. It's yeah. getting a little cold up here, so. And this may be out of your pay grade, but do you know if those will be streamed at all? If people want to watch that, um, I assume they'll be streamed. Like the the Houston game was streamed. Um, the stream wasn't the best, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm gonna assume that the San Diego game will be streamed, and I'm gonna assume that the Toronto one will be streamed. So awesome! We'll keep our eye out for that. Because mm-hmm. also too, uh, have you been working with Nick May at all? Um, He's a forward. Ring a bell. He uh. I think he was rostered against Houston. Um, he was like number nineteen or twenty. He'd be like a lock. Okay. Yeah. 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 He uh, he played for the Iowa City Ducks, and then he played for the University of Iowa. We've played against him a few times, so super okay. cool to nice. see more more guys from Iowa on those Hounds rosters. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's cool to see any Midwest guys kind of getting this talent to mm-hmm. to go out there and, and uh, you know put their faces out in front of MLR you know, coaches and, and other players. So mm-hmm. it's super cool to see. I mean, really any Midwest guy you got to root for at this point. Oh yeah. And I mean, I get it. You know, backline guys don't like to get to know so their forwards. I get the, it. The you know, dirty boys. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're never going to pass fly half straight to a lock. I mean, who... <laughs> if you ever need to know how to get uh, mud out of your Jersey, ask us, we'll tell you. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a question as far as like the pool of the other guys you're playing with on this Academy team. Is it other guys? that are um like ryan said obviously someone uh fresh out of or someone came from a men's club in iowa city uh and university of iowa but are there other guys that went to the draft and did the combine last year or are there other men's d1 players that are getting picked up for this academy or how are they going about finding uh finding boys to play yeah it's really a mix of both um there's a handful of guys that are that are like d1 guys that have been playing d1 for a while then there's a handful of guys that are younger and um you know are just coming right out of college or maybe coming off of that um, um mlr draft they've got the draft picks um playing with us so the guys that they picked up they're also playing on the academy which is great um and then there's a handful of guys that are just younger and that they picked up to come and play and then uh like i said there's there's a another handful of guys that are that have been playing, you know, some some men's rugby in the Chicago area or in the Midwest area that they picked up. So nice, very cool. That's awesome. Well, 
Aiden, we really appreciate you for joining us, man. Is there any other things you want to like shout out anybody or any other um, rugby things that are happening that people should know about or just um, before we let you go here and, and get back to your night? Um, yeah, any anything else you want to let people know? Uh, just shout out to the guys at Iowa Central. Uh, obviously, got to give a shout out to them. Um, yeah, shout out to all my all my buddies back there and uh, all the coaches, you know, Joe and, and uh, Brent, and they've got Aaron over there too. Um, so yeah, just shout out to anybody who's making rugby better in the Midwest area. How about hey, that? Hey, we agree with that. Everybody in Dirty Dodge, <laughs> everybody everywhere. Yeah. We agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Aiden, we'll keep our eye on those academy matches, and we'll be sure. rooting for you, man. We, we love – your story and just seeing you go from because again it just it's so quick i remember i always see the iowa central signings and and seeing you get signed to iowa central and then now seeing you play for a d1 club and the academy team it's cool to see midwest guys doing big things so keep it up we'll be yeah, rooting brother. for you and we'll be following your career man yeah man people are watching and you're a great example of what the game can do and how you can grow in the midwest and you know, there's a lot of guys uh, below you that'll be taking an example and hopefully following your lead. So we appreciate it, man. Keep on going. Best of luck to you. Oh, awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. All right. No well, have a good night, man. You too. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and that was Aiden. Good to talk to him. Gimli, you didn't know him before that interview. What was your big takeaway from that? I didn't know. I was happy to talk to him. It was a great, that was a great interview. Um, my big takeaway was just to see how much the sport has grown in the Midwest here, you know, local boy from Wisconsin. I know that's not Iowa, but, you know, they're our neighbors. We kind of talk about them. We got friends from there. We got friends from there. But, yeah, just to see him, you know, doing something as when I was his, his age, I wouldn't even – think was possible you know to be mm -hmm. able to get a feeder program get into the academy for major league rugby that's super impressive and like i said i think it'll be a, a good example for a lot of young listeners we have you know yeah crazy to think of where we've come in the last 10 15 years of just opportunities to play at another level and to continue career and it's not just like hey there's one set pathway like you got to get seen at a select side and get picked to move on to the next select side. I mean, right. there's so many other avenues to play with men's clubs, to play, um, you know, in like the collegiate shield, yeah. uh, a lot of higher level opportunities in college. So, because it used to be you have to go spend a whole Saturday at Midwest Thunderbirds tryout mm -hmm. and then hopefully get picked by, you know, a couple random coaches and yeah. hopefully get an opportunity to do something that, you know, you may or may not be able to, you yeah. know. Well, and you had to have a good day of games, too. It's not yes. like like if you just, like, if you had an off day, that was the only film they had on you because they didn't have film. They just right. had their eyes. So um, cool to cool to see that. Yeah, and he was a nice nice boy, you know? Yeah. I thought he was very, very good interview, so we'll yeah. have to have him back on sometime. Yeah, he'll be a recurring guest oh, yeah. if he's up for it. Well, I think he is. Don't replace me. He'll be back. He told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so speaking of Iowa Central, they announced the other day 
they've got a new recruit coming in next year. And so from their Facebook post, uh, very stoked to present incoming 2024 player Ian Murrah. Ian is a 5'10", 180-pound center scrum half from Cedar Falls, Iowa. The Cedar Falls Tiger Rugby Club placed second at state last year and will be the favorite to take home the 2A title this spring. Ian has a very good field vision and is a tremendous ball carrier. He lists playing in Utah with Rebel Rugby Academy as his rugby highlight thus far. His rugby goal is to play overseas one day. Ian was named to the All-State Elite Team last year as a junior. He is also the Cedar Falls team captain. Ian has played football and wrestled in the past. His father, Steve, is his rugby role model. Ian will major in carpentry at Iowa Central Triton Nation. Please give it up for this talented young man. So here's a kid that, you know, we've seen him play the last few years in the Iowa High School League. And, yeah, you always know where he is uh, in the center of the field for Cedar Falls, leading the way. Um, he's a big reason why that program is consistently at the top. And uh, like Iowa Central posted, I mean, they are – one of the favorites, if not the favorite, because they've been second place the last two years. Mm. Um, Phil, you've watched him play some. What are your thoughts on just his play style or just going to Iowa Central? Yeah, he's obviously like a very good player. We've watched him play at State a few times. I mean, you know, he's fast. He's obviously is very knowledgeable with the game. Uh, there was like some talk to, you know, like he was more than likely going to be committing to Iowa Central. Like this previous year, there was like some talks about it, but there was also the potential that he could end up going somewhere else. Nobody, nobody was like 100% sure. So, but I feel like it's not really a surprise that he's going to be there. And I think he's going to be a great addition to Iowa Central. I think he's going to make a big impact right away. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think over the summer, we saw. You know, when that 15 squad came and played at Tiger Field, uh, the Valley West Des Moines field against that Alliance rugby team, they were in the Iowa Central jerseys. You had all the coaches from Iowa Central like uh, Nelson, Casey, uh, Aaron, uh, all those guys were coaching these high school kids in 15s. And it just seemed like what a great recruiting tool. And to see these Iowa kids playing for a varsity Iowa program is awesome. And then you're also seeing other Iowa kids play for, you know, the clubs as well. We have so much talent, but really good to see top talent taking those varsity spots, you know, with Iowa guys. And speaking of that, on October 12th, they also announced another addition to their squad. So on October 12th, Iowa Central Community College Triton Rugby posted, please welcome an early commit to the Tritons for the 2024 season. Isaac Fershing is a six foot 184 pound flanker from Webster City, Iowa, but plays rugby for the Fort Dodge Stags. Isaac is currently enrolled in credit or in college credit diesel technology classes as a senior in high school, but will finish up his degree next year. Then look to get another trade degree beyond. This young man is a go-getter. Bring your lunch pail to work, get down, and dirty type of player. His work ethic and desire to learn are his strengths, but his sheer athleticism makes him stand out. His rugby highlight so far is making the trip to Texas with the Iowa High School Select 7s team. Isaac also made the 15 selects, and his versatility with or was a massive help to the squad. Isaac has also participated in football, wrestling, track, and baseball. He lists Fort Dodge Stags coach Tom McClyman as his biggest rugby influence. Let's hear it for this local talent. So another kid who's a local guy, not even just Iowa, but Webster City plays for Fort Dodge. He's going to go to college in Fort Dodge. He's going to be done with his degree in one year and then get another trade degree. Uh, awesome to see that. 
Love that. Yeah, that's so smart too. Like it's cool. Like you know, both of them doing essentially trades. You know, carpentry, diesel, um, and then additional like trade option. Like that's really cool to see. They're just you know not focusing on just getting like what are you doing gray what are you doing i'm i'm gonna hold it because i'm gonna take it back and talk i'm just i'll, I'll put it it's bothering me how you're holding I, it. oh my gosh this one mic thing so, sorry everyone but no i was gonna say uh, something and now i can't even remember what i was gonna say <laughs> you're gonna say something about the union probably no i wasn't you were. i was i really wasn't okay i was just gonna say when it comes to anything in the trade world kids just pack them on get everything you can yeah, yeah and, and then take it away and that's the thing too when we in the interview with Aiden, that's what was one of the big driving factors. Not only was Iowa Central a top rugby, uh, you know, place to go at a high level. Also, he was looking at Whitewater, but he was like, I want to go to a trade school and play high level rugby. So, I mean, that's the thing where sometimes we talk about this where it's like, oh, two years and there's all this turnover. And But the thing is, you're bringing in these guys who are like, man, a four-year school is not for me, mm-hmm. you know? So... Like you said, bring your lunch pail, doing some hard work. Like that's kind of the guys Nelson wants, guys who come in ready to do the dirty work. And yeah, so really cool to see. Good job, Coach Tom McClyman, getting his guys. What a great mentor right there. You know, I'm, I'm, that was cool that he highlighted that. He's not all that great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom versus Eric Nichols. I'm just kidding. You I love sh- you, Tom. You guys should fight mm. or kiss. I could kiss him. I well, I could fight him, but I don't think it would go very well for me. <laughs> uh, so I saw Tom this past weekend. He was in town, and we were talking. And he's like, "Hey, cut down, and let's get to the same weight, and then let's wrestle each other." Oh. And I was like, "Not a chance. You'd kill me. Like, <laughs> he is much better at wrestling than I am." What do you think he weighs? He told me. What's he weigh? I'm not going to say that without his permission on a podcast. Do you think he cares? Tens of tens of people might hear it. Okay, what is he, how far away is he from 160 pounds? He's above that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could cut down to my weight class and I wrestle him. <laughs> well, I think he was working on bumping up to mine, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, so really cool stuff out of Iowa Central. Really cool to see these local guys, you know getting a chance to play for them. Uh, Speaking of local, too, there was an announcement about the Midwest Collegiate Women's All-Stars. Phil, you took a look at that. Phil, what news do you have about the Midwest Collegiate All-Stars for the women? Yeah, so they uh, announced a date that they were going to be playing. So they're going to be playing in Houston um, in this All-Stars Women's National Cup tournament. It's like January 19th, 20th weekend. Um, And they also announced their roster, and we have four gals that are on uh, that play in Iowa. So we have Morgan Link and Annie Henderson, both from you and I, that are going to be on the roster. And then from Iowa State, we have Ivy Lawson, your friend of the program. Yeah, I was just looking for that. And Maddie McVeigh. And they're going to be coached by the one and only Megan Flanagan. So that's pretty exciting to see. And also, Amity Biner is going to be a coach as well. So yeah, it's like pretty cool to see almost half the roster that they have posted is Iowa girls so yeah no huge to see that love to see too like more and more of these opportunities for these kids to play in really interesting too they took two from you and I two from Winona two from Wisconsin two from Minnesota and two from Iowa State so I don't know if the Midwest like college conference was like hey 
we need two from each or if just that's how they wanted to do it or it just worked out that way. But really cool to see, you know, I, especially Ivy Lawson because, again, mm. her coaches at Roosevelt are very proud of her. I would be kind of concerned – or not concerned, I guess, but I'm curious, though. So it's 10 that they have posted – but, I mean, with a roster, though, you know, you have 12, typically. Like, so you have your seven stars, you have five subs, and then you should have typically two reserves. So I wonder if maybe they're going to be adding in four more at some point or five more. But I guess we'll see. Right. And, well, and that's something, too. Like, even then, like, there's sevens rosters that will have 15 because you'll have just people there. Because also, too, the experience of, like, you're at a high-level practice – um, hard to run through practices if you only have 10. So um, I wonder if there's going to be more coming. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll keep you posted as information is announced because, yeah, it's a solid 10 that are going. But, yeah, interesting why maybe they don't have, like, 12 or 15. So we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes, our eyes posted. Um, yeah, because that was a good tournament last year too. Yeah. Anything else to add to that? No, it's just excited to see, you know, like how that turns out. Like it's going to be pretty much like fresh right after, you know, the uh, national championship for men's and women's in December. And then literally just like a month, six weeks later, they're going to be hosting sevens. So it'll be cool to see, you know, the turnaround. That Meg Flanagan, she's a busy gal. She is. Holy (laughs) buckets. She really is. Coaching her team and then all the select side things she helps out with. And she plays herself a little bit. Yeah. Not to, not to mention just a swell lady. Yeah. 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 Doing doing some good stuff in the community, and uh, yeah, moving into our next little bit here, uh, we have Gimli's Nugget. I thought and, it was. I thought it was Gimli's Holes. Well, so we did say <laughs> we were going to turn to the audience to see what they recommended, and here, let me open up. Uh, our oh. inbox. Beep, oh, bop, yeah. boop, boop. You can get through all that. Okay, man. let me just. I'm scrolling <laughs> no. through, scrolling through. Just pick a random one. There was so many suggestions, um, but none of them are popping up. So uh, here's Gimli's segment, and then I'll play <laughs> that music. Did you notice I did put music in there for you? No, I did. Did I, you? Yep, did you like I that? Listened. Yeah, it was like stock music, like just do 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 do. Oh yeah. yeah, I yeah. thought that was just us talking and making noise. No, there was real music. I put real music. And I'll do it again right here. I think we can make real music, you and I together. All right, moving yeah. along. All right, so, Gim, take it away. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks, Mr. Gray. This is Gim's Nugget. Hopefully I didn't just scream in the microphone there. I know. I'm, you did. You I'm, did. I'm good at that. Yeah. That's not my nugget. Um... So, yeah, some news. We haven't really talked about it yet, but I guess we'll just go right into it. We said it in the rundown. We did say it in the rundown. The title's basically the the whole article, yeah. Canadian team, the Toronto Arrows, will be folding, and they're leaving the MLR, and the team's dissolving. So that's sad news, you know. The MLR is, uh, was looking brighter days ahead, it looked, seemed like. Everything's going pretty well. They were the worst team in the league last year. 
and their owner just died as well and then they went through a rebrand and also too some some context there was a podcast where talking about North America I don't know why you guys are laughing because Atlanta's owner also died and then their team folded shortly after too like it's it's a real thing like the owner had a vision. They wanted to do something a certain way. As I was reading on Reddit and Twitter, owner passes away, and then they didn't really have a plan after that. I and think then- it's just kind of like how Gimli was saying. It just kind of made us laugh. Cause it's like, well, the reason kind of full it was mainly because the owner died, <laughs> not because they were, not because they had a bad season. Yeah, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, surprise. Uh, yeah, no. So, so you're saying that we have to find whoever's killing these owners. <laughs> If you know anything, email us. Uh, uh, We'll get you natural causes. Uh, 1-800-B-SIDE-BOYS. Call with any tips. Okay. Um, But no, uh, bringing it back home, uh, some context here. There was a podcast, The Good, The Bad, and The Rugby. rugby, Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how, like, okay, they had a good episode talking about how how does the United States and Canada get into the World Cup scene. Uh, The North America has one of the largest, if not the largest, like pool of fans and potential money. So the world needs the United States and Canada to be in and at the table for like the World Cup. And they were talking, Nichols, about, hey, MLR, Canada, USA, they got to work on this together. And then a week later, Toronto's gone. Yeah, there was uh, an ex-Eagle and then an ex-Canadian national player and they were talking about the state of Canadian rugby, and he's like, well, you know, we got a team in the MLR. I do, I will just give one little stat from that episode that I think is really interesting. They say that 4% of the U.S. population is interested in rugby, which equates to about 16 million people. Well, the population of England is 12 million people. So the United States financially, in, like when talking about world rugby, is a completely untapped resource mm-hmm. that should be exploited and um i don't know there's some conspiracy theorists on the pod saying that it's because they the united states had too many great athletes and they didn't want to take away but they're afraid that if we like open pandora's box of the united states and rugby that no one else will ever win and usa will win every world cup from here on out and it'll all be united states it'll be like the nfl compared to the rest of the world that's got to be the most ridiculous take i think i've ever heard which is preposterous and that was just uh one of the guys on the show not an actual pundit or a professional but you know there it is they did laugh him off the show they're like shut up that was stupid it is it, it there is some good data in there about the amount of 22 year olds that phase out of football with nowhere to go like a staggering number and how rugby in the u.s should be more popular and stronger and have a bigger foothold in the world than it does so well what's funny is uh drake bulldogs their football team qualified for the playoffs for the first time ever grandview uh naia school is still in the national tournament for football i've been using the west Point wombats account uh on facebook and commenting on their posts and photos hey when you're done with football come play rugby i know it's ridiculous but it is one of those things where like no offense to them like they're great athletes but none of them are going to the nfl right you know what i mean and if they do it's like it's such like billy cundiff i don't know there was a tight end one time too but like if they if they still live in des moines and they want to keep being athletic that's a great spot you know so um were you gonna say something 
Oh, I was just thinking just because, yeah, small colleges, like chances of you going to the NFL are so staggeringly low, but there are obviously a few. It would be cool if there was a way, like, you know, because a lot of those guys typically look to go like the Barnstormers or something. It would be really cool if somehow we could pay people to play, but that there's no way. <laughs> well, there's the big issue worldwide. There's not enough money in rugby to go around. And I was going to say, too, one stat I always think is just staggering. Fiji winning Olympic gold twice in sevens and competing as a Tier 1 nation, their population is equivalent to Des Moines. And that always just blows my mind of, like, Des Moines is just as big as Fiji, but Fiji can win the Olympics. But this is Gimli's nugget. Back to the Canadian nugget. Get back in his hole. And, again, rest in peace to the former owner of Toronto. Yeah, you know, many maple syrup bottles will be poured out for him. In honor. Okay. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> poking fun at the neighbors to the north. Um, uh, but, yeah, I did a little little deep dive into Canadian rugby that brings up Toronto. We're like, oh, it's just Toronto. Toronto, you know, isn't that big a rugby community, probably. They have the Raptors and the Blue Jays and, you know, hockey is the big sport up there. It's, it's uh, religion up there. I wouldn't think much about rugby. So I did a little deep dive into Canadian rugby and found out a lot of useful information. Um, Canadians rugby, Canada's rugby history, similar to ours in the U.S., where football and rugby kind of came on the scene at the same time and it mid late 1800s. But Canada used to be a territory of England, of uh, the British Empire. So back in the day, so a lot of English guys after rugby was invented would uh, military wise would be at ports the navy the army they'd be in canada and they taught the game to a lot of random canadians and then same thing with the french a lot of french canadians same thing french people were playing the game pretty big and they'd bring it over um so canada's actually got a pretty deep history which i didn't know the first ever official canadian rugby match took place in 1865 against English uh, military officers played students from McGill University, which is the Harvard of Canada, I found out. Isn't that, yeah, that's fun. Wow. Wow. Um, And that same year, right after that match, they sat down and were the first people ever to write out the official rules of rugby. No one had actually written down a set of rugby union rules. (coughs) The Canadians did, yeah, from McGill University, the Harvard Canadian boys. And then it was five years later that England actually made their official set of rules. So that became the official rules, but the international rugby rules that they have used and changed today. So that's fun. Um, Yeah, and at one point, like throughout the 1870s, every major town in Canada had its own rugby union. And there were multiple, multiple teams. They played for multiple cups and competitions. Um, from that, that same time, you know, all these sports were kind of morphing in and out from rugby to soccer to what, you know, the foreigners call gridiron or American football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from that, they kind of got intermingled. So it got a little confusing there. But, yeah, there was Manitoba, Hamilton, Toronto Argonauts. Toronto is actually one of the first teams and clubs to be formed. Um, A lot of these 
teams eventually became Canadian Football League teams. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like CFL teams. Yes, Hamilton Tigers, uh, Edmonton, um, Eskimos, Oilers, <laughs> uh, yeah, Regina, Saskatchewan, all of those. I think, or is it Regina? Uh, Regina, probably. Regina. Not Regina? Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, from that, actually, so Canada was pr- pretty pretty big into growing the game. Um Actually, Harvard went to McGill University a few years after that rugby match to play a rugby match. And then from there, some guys developed uh, a new game that they took from the Canadians, and they took it back to Harvard. And that was the first time American football rules were put into practice. So American football technically came from Canadian rugby. Mm -hmm. And then from that, kind of started to drop off. Uh, this big thing happened, uh, turn of the century, called World War One. So a lot of the boys that would have been playing ended up having to go fight. But like right before that, I was looking, there was like a bunch of tours. There was a Canadian all-star team that went to the British Isles, like 1903, played every national team over there. Uh, British Columbia all-star team played the All Blacks in 1908 in California. Hmm. And a neutral site for some reason on a tour. Like little things like that, little nuggets, if you will. Yeah. I mean, those are more like popcorn chicken, but you know. Um. No, it's good. Canada's been kind of historically a pretty decent rugby nation. They've been to every single World, World Cup except this last one. The United States has also been to every single World Cup except two, including this last one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So, North America, you know, has a big history and. Canada has a lot more history than I thought we than I thought they did. So, and then yeah, after World War One, um, they kind of tried to pick back up with interest because they were fighting for the British, and so were New Zealanders, so were Australians, so were South Africans, English, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, all fought for British Empire. So all those guys played rugby against each other during the war and after the war, and then they actually used to compete. And tried they tried to invent this whole countrywide championship, and um, the Earl of Grey, not Ryan Grey, spelled with an E. Earl Grey T. I think that's where the name comes from, but yeah, the Earl of Grey was a British British <coughs> royal because they'd have to have tea time at mm-hmm. halftime. Yeah, everybody knows that. Thank it's you. not good. Yeah, but it was relaxing. It wasn't like you know performance enhancing. It wasn't super highly caffeinated. But it wasn't sleepy time tea either, so they were still good to play the second half. Hmm. Yeah, I think. I might have misread that. Um, So Earl Grey donated this big old cup. And so all these boys, for a couple decades, the best rugby team in Canada would win this cup, this trophy, which Mm -hmm. was called the Grey Cup. That's your name. And then, yeah, and then so eventually... They kind of gave up on rugby because American football, 1920s, 30s, was taken off. So they just started playing their own Canadian football. Three downs. Three downs, 12 players. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 12 players. You can run forward in motion. Goalposts are in the front of the end zone. Yeah. So a lot of similar rugby things. Also confusing, when researching this, um, for about 50 years, Canadian football was called rugby football in Canada. 
So rugby players, there was rugby union players, and then there was rugby football players, which was Canadian Football League. Oh so I read a lot of things I didn't have to read or memorize. So <laughs> I'm trying to trying to decipher through them here. Uh, but yes, basically all the old rugby clubs became Canadian Football League clubs and still are Canadian Football Leagues. And actually, Toronto Argonauts are still a Canadian Football League team, like Mr. Gray said. And they started as a rugby union club in the 1870s, and they are still they are the oldest North American professional sports club to have continuously have the same name, not the same sport, wow. but the same name, same club, same everything. Was the Toronto Rugby Union, which is now Toronto Canadian Football Club. So Toronto actually is pretty pretty big into the rugby. So. It is a bigger loss than I once thought, and so I apologize to my neighbors to the north. I know that you're fine with it because you guys, you know, you're sorry for everything, so it's okay. hey yo, All right, maple leaves. Um, but, yeah, that was my nugget. And then just like American rugby, Canadian rugby started back up in the, 18, or in the 1960s, 1970s, started coming back. Like Nichols said, they've been participated in every World Cup since World Cups were brought back in the 1980s except for this last one, unfortunately. So it is uh, looking very bleak. It seems like they don't have, you know, we always often talk about how is America going to get better and grow. Um, we never really consider, or I never considered Canadian rugby and how that's going, and it does not seem like it's going well. So with that, that's my nugget. Yeah, and that's something that <clears throat> that good and the bad in the rugby talked about, and just a lot of people are talking, like, if we want United States rugby to grow, Canada is tight at the hip. Um, you know, it's expensive to do tours overseas. So to have someone that's just to the north and have a bunch of friendlies <clears throat> and a bunch of series with Canadian teams, that's important to get that high level play and getting more and more people involved. And so, yeah, huge bummer to have that happen. Because when the MLR was formed, they even talked about trying to get, you know, Mexico or South American teams kind of. They were looking into that as well. They didn't want it just to be United States only. They wanted multiple clubs from Canada, multiple clubs from the United States, and then looking south as well. And so there was news posted two days ago. And now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com. From Major League Rugby, a lot of speculation. Nichols, what did it say? Yeah, so Major League Rugby posted that the Toronto Arrows will not complete in the 2024 MLR season. MLR and Arrows organization explored all avenues to maintain the club's presence in the league, 
After exhausting all options, Toronto is left with no choice but to voluntarily withdraw. Toronto will be sharing updates on ticket refunds in the coming weeks. So with that, again, not to make light of the owner's passing, but a lot of people are saying that this guy, he he had a lot of money and he was investing. And basically when the team would come up short, he was there to make sure it just happened. And then with him passing, it sounds like the family or his estate, who's ever in charge of it, is like, yeah, we're, we're not keeping this thing going. Like, we're going to use the money for something else. And that was kind of the final blow. Again, that's just speculation from John Radshaw on Twitter. I don't know who that guy is, but that's what this guy says. And You can trust him. Yeah. You know, he has 380 followers. He's a father, a scouter, a rugby coach, lawyer, and Connecticut local council jack of many trades, but master of some. Uh, yeah, just a guy. He had one of a bunch of Super Bowls. <clears throat> No, that's Bradshaw. This is Radshaw. Uh, Radshaw. Radshaw. Yeah. So he's just a guy. But that's a lot of speculation people are saying. And yeah, huge loss. And again, money is the big thing. A lot of people are saying too that they enjoy rugby in Toronto, but there's so many other things to do. Toronto Maple Leafs are huge. It's hard for people to really invest uh, into that club. And again, they just came off the worst season. Uh, they were the worst team in the league. And so... It, it looked like it was a failing product and the fans weren't showing up. So it's hard to pump more money into it. And then lastly too, that brings the MLR down to 12 teams. So they had three divisions, four, four, and five. So now it's four, four, and four because there was five teams in the East. It actually does balance their conferences, but losing a team sucks. So I was just kind of wondering, kind of, thinking out loud i suppose but rugby canada has been i don't know a staple in the international rugby career or community at least in the americas obviously and they had and they were able to do that before the mlr so this mlr losing this team is obviously not good for the mlr but i wonder how it will impact rugby canada or canadian rugby or whatever they call it because they they do have a better track record in world cups than we do I mean, of late, we're pretty similar, but mm-hmm. I just wonder how if the union is still strong, if they're still able to, you know, put out a good product on the national level. And I guess we'll just find out unless any of our listeners are from Canada and want to call in mm-hmm. 1-800-B-SIDE boys and give us their opinion. That would be that would be cool. Um, and speaking of, you know, this local competition and how we boost this up, Nichols, you were talking about how Japan has done some things to try to boost up theirs, their squads. And we talked about how the Sunwolves joined Super Rugby, but it was hard for them to maintain uh, with money and things like that. But there is some news coming out of Super Rugby and Japan. Yeah, so there's uh, just some cross-continent, um, crossover continuity between pro-Japanese teams and Super League Rugby. So the Chiefs and the Blues, who are both Super League teams in New Zealand, are going to play preseason games against Japan's One League. So any of the specifics I don't know about. This is mostly just clickbait headlight or headline talking. But the Blues and Chiefs are two very um, big teams in New Zealand with a lot of big names. And I think it's going to do a lot of good things for Japanese rugby because I... Super League, the New Zealand Super League Pro Rugby is one of my favorite leagues to watch. A lot of really high play. 
Japanese pro rugby has been kind of the blanket statement is that they pay a lot of money and they play a lot faster brand of rugby that's less physical. So um, I think it'll be interesting. I know that uh, the Japanese have lately been buying up a bunch of uh, influential big name players in the country or in the in the world, most notably New Zealand, including like Richie Mwanga, who is the fly half for New Zealand. They have Cheslin Colby from South Africa. Actually, Cheslin Colby, who got a yellow card in the World Cup final at the very end for South Africa, and Sam Kane, the captain of New Zealand, who got a red card, um, are playing on the same team. Now they're teammates. So I don't know what teams are going to play whom, but just an exciting thing for kind of the Pacific rugby and, yeah, get some better players from different continents playing each other. I think it'll do a lot more for Japan than it will for (laughs) New Zealand because those Japanese players will get to experience playing a higher level. Definitely. And, you know, hopefully there is a spot where you can see that because where do you watch your super rugby? I illegally stream it or I watch uh, highlights or I watch it a week later when someone posts the whole game on YouTube. Gotcha. Because that's something that we've been talking about. And one thing we want to get out there to people is, you know, we always want to share like what's on you know, TV, how do you get to certain things? And a lot of times we talk about, you know, how do you watch you and I, Iowa State, Iowa, Iowa Central, the local stuff. Then we'll talk about USA stuff. The Rugby Network obviously just picked up the Premier League in England, and that has a paywall. MLR is free on the Rugby Network. And I know we've kind of crapped on Flow Rugby in the past because Flow Sports has had a a bad reputation with wrestling, track and field, basketball. Their paywall can kind of be ridiculous sometimes. If you sign up for Flow Rugby, it's $150 for a full year, but you got to pay it all in one. So it's kind of interesting that way. But what's interesting with Flow Rugby, they have been going out and buying the exclusive U.S. media rights to some big international Uh, union properties they have the european professional club rugby top 14 rugby and the united rugby championship across all three properties flow rugby will stream nearly 450 matches representing over 600 hours of live coverage annually the three-year partnership begins or it began in august of 2022 and it goes through the 24-25 season. They also have the Autumn Nations Series, Women's Six Nations Championships, Men's U-26 Nations, and there's also uh, Rugby Europe programming. So a lot of things, and the reason why I looked into this was I was talking about how I'm a fan of the Sharks who are in South Africa, and I'm like, you know, ever since they left Super Rugby, I haven't really been following them because I didn't know what league they were in. And so this new United Rugby Championship, it's fascinating because they have teams from South America, England. South Africa. Or, yes, South Africa, uh, Scotland. They also have Italy. Wales. Wales. We could just name them, you know. (laughs) Oh, I don't know why I'm whispering. Uh, Connacht, (laughs) Cardiff. The DHL Stormers used to be in Super Rugby. Mm -hmm. Uh, South African team. Yep. The Emirates Lions, Glasgow Warriors, 
So the sharks are in there. They used to be the Cell Sea Sharks, but they got new ownership and new sponsors. So they're the Hollywood Bets Sharks. It's really interesting. They have cool jerseys. There's Leinster, mm-hmm. the Ospreys. That's who, uh, Leinster is who... This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good. You need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave. Those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done. Get a hold of them. Infinite designs. 100% 100% satisfaction. Rotor Epoxy. Find them online now. Um, fucking Gimli, uh, what Johnny Sexton played for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And Munster, Ospreys, Scarlets, Ulster, the Vodacom, Vodacom, Bulls. They were in Super Rugby. Mm-hmm. And then the Zebra Parma. So, I mean, there's teams from all over the world in this competition. I think Parma's who... Parma's Italy. Uh, that's who Paul Emmerich played, played for. Yep. Yeah. So... Connacht, Connacht, and their soccer clubs owned by Cumming now. <laughs> this this rugby team, uh, they're from Ireland. Connacht, is that how you say it? I think so. You're Irish. I just remember we found out about them through Bremer because Casey Hansen's like, "Hey, watch their film. We're going to try to run a simplified version of their offense." And so it's just really interesting to see all sorts of clubs who needed a home. They made this new one. Yeah, and so all those leagues that. Flow Rugby has, which would be most notably the Premiership, mm-hmm. Top 14, and the URC. Mm-hmm. Those, that's, other than, like, New Zealand and, well, New Zealand and Australia, I mean, all the guys you're watching the World Cup, mm-hmm. those they play for those three teams. I mean, the Top 14 in France, they are signing fucking guys like it's going out of style. The mm-hmm. amount of players going to France is crazy. The English players, I think they almost all have to stay in the English Premiership because mm-hmm. of their rules. It's actually that big lock who plays for the Saracens, Mauro Andrui mm-hmm. or whatever. He's looking at signing a contract to play in France because he'll get more money, and they're talking about changing the their bylaws in England so they can keep him, retain him on the right. national team, I think is what that is. It's like they call it the Matt Gitu rule because mm-hmm. Matt Gitu was the fly half for Australia, and I think he played overseas. Mm-hmm. He played a lot in France. So yeah. anyway, that's like the top – those three leagues, that's the top-tier rugby. And the Atohe, thank you. That's the top-tier rugby, at least Northern Hemisphere, other than Super League mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Yeah, and that rule is interesting how countries have that because it's like, hey – we want our best playing in our country, but at the same time, it's like, oh, if you're not going to pay, you know, okay, I won't play for the national team, but hey, I'll go make a lot more money somewhere else. Well, and I, I listened to an interview on a podcast with a guy whose name I cannot for the life of me remember, but he was an Australian guy and he ended up playing pro in Europe, in England. I think he played for the Wasps when they were, or the london irish or one of those teams that got dissolved anyway um i just remember him mentioning that they had a rule like only a certain amount of national team players could play pro out of country or like if you if you you could only do it if you had 50 caps or so i've never done a ton of research but i've I've always wondered if that's a country by country thing Mm -hmm. if you if world rugby regulates that or what because it seems like you know 
like a lot of the island guys like uh, Samoa and Tonga, those guys play in Europe and they still represent. But like New Zealand, I I think that I know there is only one guy for the New Zealand national team that didn't play pro in New Zealand. So I think it might vary country mm-hmm. to country. Yeah, because if you think of the United States, it's like before we had MLR and even with MLR, our top guys, if they want to get paid, they're definitely going overseas. And if those guys didn't play for our national team, oh, he'd be way worse off than we are now. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like – Definitely country by country. And that's probably too. Like New Zealand as a country is probably thinking, hey, we have the best talent. We want our pro league to be better than England's, to be better than France, to be better in South Africa, to be better in Australia. So our national team's the best. Our players are going to play here. Our pro league's going to be better than your pro league, which makes our national team better. And it's a wheel that feeds itself. But when you're Canada or United States and you're already so far behind, uh, you can't play by those rules. It's tough. It's very tough. And I think technically the rule is you don't have to be born in that country, but the first time you get a cap and the first time you're captured by a country, you have to play for that country from that point on. So like if you're Fijian, but you're living, playing pro rugby in England, and then you get on the English national team, you're on the English national team unless you're able to switch over. And the only way you're able to switch over to another country is if that uh, first country allows you to leave and the World Rugby Regulations Committee lets you go, you have to be either born in that country that you wish to transfer to or have a parent or grandparent who was born in that country. And then playing for a second country is never permitted uh, by means of residency. So you couldn't just, if you were already capped for a country, you couldn't just move somewhere else that you have no tie to. Basically, it says you have to have an established national link to a country to play for them and then be capped for them. Um, or the only way you could switch countries is if you play in other Olympic events for said country, and then you'll technically have changed your nationality. Well, and not to deep dive on this too much, but they did change the rules before this last World Cup. And if you haven't competed for a national side in three years and you have, yeah, and you have some kind of stand down period. Yeah. So the three year deal is I think is the main part that's new because a lot of those like New Zealand and Ireland guys didn't play for a country so they were able to change their allegiance anyway mm-hmm. moving on yeah and so I think after looking at the flow rugby <laughs> looking at the flow rugby stuff I think I'm gonna pull the trigger I think I'm gonna get it I'm gonna do it do it do that's it. that's all that's that was the point of that and there's I got the rugby network oh. yeah. yep yeah it's free or did you pay for the... I paid for it. So nice. It. Except uh, it like wasn't working very well this weekend when I tried to watch. But. <laughs> Probably because there's too many people downloading it all at the same time. Yeah, their Twitter was blowing up, let me tell you. Really? Be interesting to know, happy, yeah. I'd be interested to know with both Flow Rugby and Rugby Network, if you pay, do you get... Are the replays free or in an abundant? Or is it just live? Uh, the replays are okay. abundant on Flow. Like, okay. they have a whole library and catalog. And Flowing. I, Flowing library. Yeah. And I think that's something, like, we've talked about. Like, you always say, like, before you go to sleep, like, you just throw a random rugby match on. Mm-hmm. And so that'd be kind of cool where it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, and it's not like the NFL where or college football where you try to stay away from a TV, stay away from Twitter. You know who won, you know, Bills and Eagles. Well, I mean, you're an Eagles fan. But you you know what I mean? You can't go anywhere without knowing. A rugby match that happened two months ago in the top 14 you're like i know these two clubs they're both pretty good 
I don't know who won. You know, like you'd have to actually look for that. So, I mean, yeah. replays, uh, it, it might as well be new, you know. So, yeah. moving into that, though, we have coming up this weekend is the start of World Rugby Sevens. That's a fun one. I feel like that's something we always look at um, being in the United States as like, hey, we love sevens because we've got really, really good athletes, and it's easier to just jump in with those athletes, uh, compete at a high level. Uh, Phil, you kind of want to share what is going on with World Rugby Sevens. They rebranded recently, and there's some exciting stuff going on. Yeah, so like you had brought up, um, opening for World Rugby uh, Sevens series is going to be starting this weekend, and it's going to be opening up in Dubai, which is kind of cool because it's like they just had the World Soccer Cup there. So that's kind of cool that they kind of got both of those. Um, and they are revamping like the style, the way they're doing things. So they're cutting the men's teams down from 16 to 12. So it's matching up with how Paris 2024 is going to be and how women's um, scheduling is because women's in previous years has done 12 teams as well. <laughs> Um, they're also kind of taking like a page out of PR7's book where they're going to have men's and women's playing at the same time. So participation fees are going to be the exact same. So you'll be able to go and watch both the men's and the women's play on the same day. So that's pretty cool that's really that they're cool. going to be able to watch both of those. Um, Quality. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. And there's going to be like eight total stops, I believe. And so once the series, so once the series is over, or, like, they'll take the top eight teams um, at the end of the year, which or not end of the year, but it's... Uh, end of the season? End of the season, which is, like, end of May, beginning of June. It's going to be held in Madrid, Spain. They're going to take the top eight, and they're going to play each other for a grand final. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. Um, and also, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, so the bottom four teams are going to play in, like, kind of like a consolation, high-stakes, like, tournament, essentially, with some other teams. And basically, the top four teams that make it out of that will be able to participate in the 24-25 season. So you're talking about, like, teams who weren't on the series are going to fight their way in against the bottom four. So basically, like, the promotion relegation system. So you're going to see some of these teams, like maybe a Hong Kong or um, I think Ireland is one of those teams that they're not very good at sevens. And, like, they always try to get themselves in there. That'll be interesting to see who do, do you have a list of who might those tier two tier three sevens teams might be it, it doesn't have a list and it also doesn't have exactly a location unless the way the article's worded if it's in the same place but how i read it was that it's just the top eight go to spain and then i don't know exactly where the other matches are supposed to be played at or that tournament's supposed to be played at to decide who gets to participate next year um very high stakes, though. I yeah, like that. I like that. It's kind of like that idea where people are like, the bottom NFL team should play the XFL championship to see who gets to stay in the NFL. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like the same mm-hmm. concept, yeah. you know. Relegation, or was it called? Yeah, relegation, promotion. And it also, like, people always say, too, like with Six Nations, like, how can Georgia fight their way in? And it's like, never. Um, this is kind of a cool experiment on that. And it's sevens. Things are so fluid. Teams need to be challenged can't get complacent and open the door for for new opportunities bill how do you think usa is going to do so their very first pool they have to play so fiji and france and great britain are all in their pool um i want to say usa is gonna at least make it out of pool play but i mean like at least into like uh 
you know, a better position for like the knockout portion, but I just don't know. Like USA is obviously they're a little bit better at sevens. They are 15s, but Fiji's a mind-blowingly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also Fiji, you know, is gold medalist in the Olympics past two. So it's like, ah, they're probably, it's going to be a tough getting past them. France. Ah, I mean, like that's kind of like a little bit of a toss up in my opinion. So we'll we'll see. I hope they do well in the first time. But I mean, like they're already qualified for the Olympics. But the other thing too with this though is this World Sevens um, series is not a qualifier for the Olympics. So there are some teams that are in um, this seven series that are not qualified for the Olympics yet because there's still two uh, two open spots for the men's side. All twelve, I think, for the women are already confirmed. And I think the last qualifier for Paris 2024 is this summer, like late June. I think there's like, that's like the last qualifying tournament. So we'll see. Cause like in Canada's in this pool and stuff like that too. So maybe, maybe can't we get lucky and get in there. We'll see. They got, so. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say that Canadian sevens has a sick highlight from years ago where the guy one hand palms the kickoff and runs it in. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No. All right. It's neat. Look it up. Here's you should it. find it. Find it. Send to us. And so I wonder because youtube.com backslash Canada rugby backslash Eric Nichols. Just kidding. Sometimes your jokes break my brain. I know. And then I just it's complete kidding. train of thought gone. What I was going to say though, we've looked at the new roster for USA sevens and there's a lot of familiar names that aren't there and I don't know like are they trying out new names and young guys because they're already qualified for the Olympics are they are they mixing things up and who are some of the names that are missing that we're growing accustomed to yeah I thought it was interesting I actually learned a lot from from Phil my friend Phil right next to me um, because I, I noticed the guys that they have for the Dubai and Cape Town sevens and uh, I'm not a sevens aficionado, but I did. I only recognize Ben Pinkelman and Madison Hughes. Madison Hughes being the former captain who took a few years off. Mm. But there's no Joe Schroeder. There's no Stephen Thomasine. There's no Perry Baker. That one's surprising. But, but as you said, this isn't a qualifier. Mm. Maybe they're trying to put a very competitive side together and leaving some of their veterans out. Uh, to train in their own devices. Yeah, I mean, and like they have, they've been qualified for months now. So I mean, you know, I'm sure they probably already have like a roster, like an idea of a roster. Like you said, trying out guys, see how they do in the seven series, and you know, maybe be able to determine like who needs to be where, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. we'll it's see. A, yeah, it's a long season. You can save some legs, avoid injury, and keep some of those guys kind of. Uh, in the trunk of the car for uh, when we need them later, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And if you wanted to watch this, uh, is it going to be on Flow? Is it going to be on the Rugby Network? Gimli, where would I find this? You'd find it on the Peacock app. Like if you happen to have the Peacock app from watching the Rugby World Cup, and you'll be able to watch the Dubai Sevens uh, Saturday and Sunday night. So technically, the only the only issue here, us being, it being in Dubai... And us being, you know, in the Western Hemisphere, is that the games are going to start at 1 a.m. Friday night our time. So 1 a.m. and 4.30 oh, a.m. That's Eastern. Okay, so, so midnight. midnight on Friday is the first game, USA versus Fiji. And then they play Great Britain at 3.30 in the morning. 
we're gonna be recording Friday night. We might be able to watch. We can watch the midnight one. Yeah. There's no way I'll still be oh, boy. oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, eight forty-four in the morning on th- on Saturday, and then Sunday the knockout rounds begin, which would start at like two a.m. The women play at eleven p.m. on Friday night, so we could against Spain, so we could watch that one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I got just one random sevens thing I'm going to throw into Gimli's hole here. Can you <laughs> figure out why it's the English national team that competes in the Rugby 15s World Cup? But it's Great Britain that competes in sevens because I've always wondered that. They're cheaters. Yeah, I think it's like two different. Well, I don't even know what you'd call that, like a yeah. municipality or yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. some partnership or. Yeah, because I've always I was always like, who is GB? Because GB, I mean they Green Bay? they have England and then also Wales and Scotland, right? Or no, Scotland's on their own, but Wales and yeah, figure this out, Gim. I mean, not right now. If What's in Great Britain? Wales and Scotland. He's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, but Scotland has its own sevens team. And yeah. so does Wales, right? I don't know. We'll we'll do a deep dive on for that sometime. Episode. For another episode. That'll be a nugget sometime. They're not playing. <clears throat> so that's interesting. So maybe, yeah, putting all their eggs in a basket. But that'd be weird. Because in the Olympics, is it Great Britain? The, like I'm just saying, in general, in the Olympics, like any know. event, yeah. Historically, Great Britain is just the whole island, right? The island of Britain, which would be Scotland, North, and England, and then oh. Wales, and the little tinny dip. Mm. It fo- is Great Britain, though, in the Olympics. Like that's what it's listed as on this article, at least I'm looking at. Co- so because it's one country, because you know right. so Brexit. I don't know. Let's uh, let's table this until we've done the research. <laughs> okay, so yeah, moving on interesting stuff and then yeah uh, maybe watch the replay after you you wake up on saturday morning but speaking of saturday morning hopefully you are going to be in the car on your way to cedar rapids because we have the iowa agm the annual grand meeting it will be in cedar rapids at 30 hop bar and grill that's 951 blair's ferry road in cedar rapids and with that being said, there is going to be a women's forum at 1 p.m. to 1.30. Basically, anybody in the state who wants to support women's rugby, if you're an admin for a women's team, if you're a women's player who just wants to figure out what's going on, if you're a men's club that wants to support a women's side, if you're in the high school game, college game, whoever, 30 minutes of just basically making a blueprint of, What's wrong? What do we need? Um, just throwing things out there so we can make a plan moving forward. And if you're not sure if you're going to have a representative for your club, please make sure you get – we need to have at least one person from every club there. So if you want, you know, representation for your club or, like, to be able to get a word in or want some sort of change, make sure somebody's there, please. Yeah, get out there. Let's go. Cedar Rapids not very far away. I mean, it's fun for the whole family. Well, no, just the officers. But I have answered Eric Nichols' question. Great Britain, which I don't know if anybody cares. So because the Olympics uh, made sevens a sport a a few years ago, that is when they formed the Great Britain team so that the sevens team could compete, the same team could compete in the Olympics because of funding. The only time that Wales and Scotland and England have separate teams in sevens is at the sevens World Cup. Otherwise, the seven series, the Olympics, the Olympic Games, the European Games before the Olympics um, are always going to be played there. And then whatever the Commonwealth Games is. Sounds like some Queen 
stupid stuff. Okay, that's actually really interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Like they want con- they want continuity and yeah and money yeah. And money. yeah. Uh, back to the AGM though. What are we going to be talking about? So after the women's forum again, there probably won't be a lot of answers on this weekend because it's going to be a lot of more conversations of what is our reality and what is the plan moving forward. So from one thirty to three thirty, uh, basically there's going to be a roll call, a competitions report. Basically, how did everybody in Iowa do? There's a Midwest report. Basically, what did the Midwest AGM? figure out what's what's going on with them financial report how's the union doing with money referees report what's going on from their side of things there will be an election of officers uh this past cycle there was no election uh the guys stepped down and so kind of right now it hasn't been like ratified for the new officers so there will be an election then there will be new business iowa select side spring schedule support for women's rugby all iowa the Iowa Rugby Union Club Development Summit, uh, Summer 7 Series tournaments. There's going to be monthly correspondence. What's the goals for 2024? There's also this new idea for a new competition in the fall for brand new clubs, clubs that are struggling, and just random guys across the state who don't have a club. Uh, Basically, it's like an on-ramp or like a a uh, low-stress entry level for guys and teams Uh, a festival style thing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, We're going to create committees for these things. So it's not just one or two people running everything. We need help. We need guys on committees to make things run. Uh, Many hands make light work. There will be some mention of the Iowa Rugby Hall of Fame. That's its own thing. But how does it intersect with the rugby union? Uh, And then we'll have a social after. Guys will grab beers. Girls will grab beers. It'll be fun. Um, And again, the biggest thing from this weekend, we need representation because uh, what is going on in your part of Iowa? What do you need from the union? What does that realistically look like? Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you're a part of rugby in, in Iowa and you'd like to state your opinion or bitch about it, um, come to the AGM. And if you don't, then no bitch. It's kind of like voting. Yeah, 100%. That's the whole point. Show up say what's wrong, then we can actually make a plan and fix it. Also, don't forget to sign up for the USA Rugby Level 1 Coaching Certification course at Weeks Middle School on February 17th from 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. The link is in the Rugby Explorer app. Please sign up. Go to Facebook and say that you're coming on there as well so we can plan to see if we can do a lunch or something like that. Uh, Make sure you sign up for that. Also, at Weeks Middle School, this isn't a B-Side Boys thing. It's not a Wombats thing. This is a coaching clinic hosted by Iowa State Rugby. They are the ones in charge of this. Basically, Ant Frein, he knows that to have a successful program at Iowa State, he relies on high school talent from Iowa. So he wants to help guys and girls who want to become coaches in Iowa to better teach the game, to have a bigger pool of players going to college. The coaching clinic, the second annual Cyclone Sevens coaching clinic, checklist to championships. Learn how to build a sustainable winner both on and off the field within your local communities. Iowa State will be running that, but again, that will be at Weeks Middle School. How much does it cost? It's free, 100% free, January 20th from noon to 4 p.m. Weeks Middle School. Thanks to the sponsors, BBP Rugby, Iowa Youth Rugby Association, Iowa State Rugby, and the B-Side Boys. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So big coaching stuff coming up. You know, we have uh, Boone is officially coming back. Devin Fishback is setting things up there. North Polk is officially back. Uh, there's some other teams that have some stuff happening behind the scenes. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Go to the AGM. You do not have to be an officer to go. If you're just a guy who wants to help promote rugby and you have stuff that you want to do, just show up if you're willing to help. Because again, the problem is the last few cycles of presidents and vice presidents is there hasn't been many people. They get burnt out and then they leave or they work on other projects. So if you want to help, show up, do it. Uh, that's all I got, guys. What else do we have? Big episode coming up next week, our 100th episode. We have some fun friends coming. It's going to be just a bullshit, shoot the shit episode. Probably no news. It's going to be a lot of silly stories, a lot of just banter and fun and friendship. So you should join us next week, too. It's going to be a barrel of laughs. I just wanted the listeners to know, you got great eyesight. Like, how the fuck can you read your iP- your laptop from that far away with that font? It's unbelievable <laughs> to me. That is, yeah, when my, I was... Yeah, it hurts my eyes just to look. When I was reading the Iowa Central one, I was kind of getting off, and I was like, I've read through it so many times, I kind of memorized it. So uh, that's so just memorized. So it's your... Um, what do they call it? I have great cognitive skills. That's your preparation, is what. Photographic memory. No, no, I I can read that. Yeah, well, read thank you. People? I can't. I got con- two contacts in right now, and one in each eye. New ones. Well, all right, that's you're all supposed, I got. You're supposed to change those. Yeah. I wear them. I sleep in them all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Philly V, do you have anything to send us home? And do we miss anything? Well, Any shout outs? Huh? Anything you want to say? I keep pulling the mic from his face. I'm sorry. That's so mean. I'm so rude. This was silly today. It was. I, yeah, we should have video for this just so people could see that. But um, I don't know why if if I spaced off or missed or whatever. But you mentioned our uh, or not. Well, I guess we are kind of hosting it. But the coaching, um, USA coaching certification level 100. European. Isn't that you were you were tinkling? You missed it. Oh. Tinkle talk. Tinkle talk. When you were t- tinkling, I was going to say, you'll have to find out and listen to the episode tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but we did. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I must you have been in the bathroom to, then, damn you it. You don't have to listen. What? Uh, huh? This is a joke. It yeah. Like, it didn't land. Let's move on. Uh, How you doing? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Fresh, 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 fres